Medics, the educator joined by Anthony Carente to react immediately to these day one landing spots. And we had 10 fantasy relevant players come off the board. I want to give some instant reactions to those. And these aren't just hot takey reactions. We're going to talk about how they plug into the rookie big board and how they plug into my projections. Both of those things are updated and already available to patrons. Head on over to patreon.com slash rookie big board to get in on that and and honestly bottom line you probably want to get in on the patreon just to get in on the discord uh so you can get in on the on the clock channel because things got chaotic tonight the draft absolutely your rookie draft order is is definitely in flux after day one of the nfl draft just give me one word just one word how are you feeling at this current moment um confused maybe i don't know not like full confused but like confused ish that's not a real word it's kind of a cop-out hedge but yeah confused it was a uh, confused enough yeah it was a it was a wild ride round one i feel like we got some tough some tough fantasy landing spots we got some good ones i i feel great about three of them i feel less great about some other ones uh, let's just, let's just jump right into it here. I think we decided the best way to go through this was in the order the players got drafted. Uh, so the first one's easy. I don't think this is confusing anybody. It's Bryce young to the Carolina Panthers first overall pick. That's kind of where the consensus had landed, uh, heading into tonight. You feeling good overall? Like where's the range that you feel like Bryce Young is going to be performing this season and also considered in a dynasty context. I feel good about the landing spot. I think they'll probably use, I'm hoping they use that early second on one of the receivers uh, that falls there to get him another weapon after they gave up DJ Moore in the trade, but he's going to be, he's going to be fine. He's going to be good. You know, I think that there's a shot. He like flirts with QB one value this season. He's an easy top, you know, I don't know. I have to plug him in still amongst the veterans, but 11 or 12 quarterback right now for me. So I'm happy with it. What do you think? Yeah. You know, it's, it's really interesting. So if you look on the rookie big board right now, Bryce young is still uh quarterback one. Anthony Richardson got very close to him. CJ Stroud held water. Um, and so it's a really nice, the, the tier we thought it would be one Oh two to one Oh four. I think it's going to end up being quarterback. Um, and, Quite frankly, it's probably going to come down to preference. I'm not saying I wouldn't draft Anthony Richardson over Bryce Young right now um, because of the upside, but, you know, factored into the rookie big board rating in the formula is, you know, year one versus three-year production. And the value that you're going to get with Bryce Young is that he's going to plug in, probably throw the ball 600 times, and that's kind of a conservative estimate. Um, And if he does, you know, I have, again, conservative 25 touchdowns, um, 64 percent completion rate so nothing crazy uh, and it plugs into quarterback 19 right now um you know kind of in that daniel jones jared goff range but generally how i do my projections is i start off conservative 
on night one of the draft. And then as the roster fills out, uh, we kind of have more context. Sometimes I'll get more bullish on these guys. So I like Bryce Young. I, I think you're uh, in the dynasty context. He's going to be, you know, when we plug him in, you know, in that, um, you know, borderline QB one territory. Yeah, I think that's fair. You know, we're going to talk about guys that we want to see, you know, come off the board early in day two towards the end of the episode. But, you know, hopefully, as you mentioned, you know, we're going to get like a Cedric Tillman or a Jalen Hyatt or a Marvin Mims that are going to end up, you know, pairing up with Bryce Young. And I think that will help give me a little bit more confidence to put him over the top. Yeah, I'll feel lock it in, like lock it in better about the whole situation, even in the short term, if they get one of those guys. All right, so the next quarterback that went off the board was C.J. Stroud going to the Houston Texans. So the Houston Texans, uh, they sat in the two spot. They didn't overthink it. They took their guy in C.J. Stroud. This is one I'm having a little bit of trouble, you know, kind of wrapping my head around. I I think for me, what I'm struggling with in C.J. Stroud's projection is he's going from uh, a very comfortable pocket situation to probably, you know, what, bottom 10, bottom five offensive lines. Um, and he's going to have Mechie, a healthy Mechie, a, an aging Robert Woods, um, you know, not necessarily the greatest uh, cast around him. So that's what makes me nervous, despite the fact that I like Stroud's tape. I think I'm above consensus on Stroud's tape. Um, are you feeling as conflicted as I am? Yeah, I mean, like, real-world NFL terms, I love it. I love that the Texans did the smart thing, like, stuck, picked the quarterback that they liked. I would have taken Stroud, too, if I was them. But for fantasy, like, it it lacks. We need Dalton Schultz to really pop, I feel like, to make it super attractive in the short term because I'm not really super optimistic about Robert Woods doing a whole lot. I would love, you know, John Mechie to come back and be, you know, the guy there, but I'm not going to bet on it. Um so yeah, it's like I feel like it's a good spot for them, but I I need more. I need them to add more for him. It would have been nice to see him reunited with his teammate, but I like uh, that the Texans got aggressive to come back up for Will Anderson too. Hashtag IDP. Yeah. Right. Uh, so that's <laughs> that's the plus side, right? So Houston uh, moved back up to three, um, but in order to do that, they gave up pick thirty three. Mm-hmm. Um, which if I'm, if I'm looking at it correctly here means that their next pick is 65. So they're not, they're not going to add one of these, you know, uh, attractive wide receivers here. So this is probably who Stroud is working with. Um, It makes me a little bit nervous. Like for me, the quarterback one debate is purely between Bryce Young and Anthony Richardson right now. Um, And although CJ Stroud's rookie big board rating isn't significantly lower, it does feel like to me, he's not really in that same conversation. Agreed. Yeah. I mean, is it to the point too? And, and, you know, we'll talk about Richardson before we talk about the wide receivers, but you know, are you kind of at the point here where you would still have, you know, one Oh two to one Oh four as a solid quarterback range, or would you start looking at, you know, one of these wide receivers or, or, you know, even uh, Jameer Gibbs as the one Oh four over CJ Stroud in the super flex. I think one Oh two to one Oh four is still the quarterback run for me. Like in whatever yeah. order you like them, I won't argue with it. I think like you said, it's, Richards for me it's Richardson Young Stroud and I think Richardson and Young are kind of in a smaller tier ahead of Stroud just barely right now but yeah I would take all three of them before I would take Gibbs or any of the wide receivers 
You know, it's so funny how we, you know, you always talk about the classes and sometimes the value value seems insulated, right? But, you know, CJ Stroud is still, you know, easily a more attractive pick than Kenny Pickett was last year, right? So Yeah, yeah, for sure. You know, if you look at it in that context, if you compare it to the to the dynasty big board ratings, and eight two is still putting them, you know, right in that QB twelve situation when you factor in Bryce Young and Anthony Richardson too. So you know, you're, you're looking at CJ Stroud in a similar place that you'd be looking at Kyler Murray right now as you'd be looking at Dak Prescott. Um, so, it, you know, it's not a bad spot, even though, you know, the, the instant gut reaction to me is like, oh, Houston, I don't know. Yeah, I hear that. The gut reaction, though, for me with Anthony Richardson was much better. Oh, um, to the moon, to the absolute moon. <laughs> right? Yeah. I mean, like, I'll let you dig into him first here. Um because I don't know, I might just get totally sidetracked with like a 10 minute, you know, crush on, on this one. I feel like it's kind of best case scenario. Like I love that he lands there with a coaching staff that just used Jalen hurts. And like, I feel like we've gone too far down the Anthony Richardson as a project kind of thing. Yeah. I don't know that that's really true, especially like for fantasy purposes. I think he gets on the, like Gardner Minshew is not keeping Anthony Richardson off the field. That's not right. happening in my opinion. Yeah. And uh, no, no, no disrespect to Gardner, you know, no shots at Minshew. I know Eric won't be happy with me about that. I mean, but, do you think he gets on the field day one? Uh, I think there's a good shot at it. Interesting. I think there's a good shot at it. I don't think, I think it's a outlier in today's NFL to draft a guy top five and then be like, okay, yeah, he's not going to play. That takes real conviction. And I don't think Gardner Minshew is good enough to kind of keep that off. Richardson will flash in the off season. We know that like he's right. going to do a yeah. ton of wow stuff that makes it hard for people there to be like, oh, okay, maybe we don't play him. So my initial projection, I plugged him in for five games this year and now you're making me rethink it. Like, oh, I think he blows past that. You think so? I think so. Maybe yeah. I'm, maybe I'm too far like out over my skis on Richardson. Cause I really liked him before the landing spot, but yeah, I think he, if he doesn't play week one, I would bet it's closer to week one than week 10. You know what I mean? Like I think, yeah, I think he gets in there pretty early. So maybe I should have these guys flipped. You know, maybe I should have 12 games for Richardson, five for Minshew. I do think, I, I think Indianapolis signed Gardner Minshew with the understanding that, you know, they wanted Richardson or were comfortable with, with Minshew starting, you know, if they were going to end up, you know, going with a Levis or a Richardson or, you know, yeah. somebody who they didn't feel they could play right away. So I think they're comfortable with Gardner Minshew. Yeah, for sure. Um, I don't, I don't disagree. And Minshew remember came from Philadelphia, right? So he's with that, that same staff. He has that understanding. Um, Cause you know, with that, with an adjusted projection in that sense, then Anthony Richardson would probably, you know, lock himself into QB one territory. Um pretty solidly for me and that's that's already where he was for you right yeah for sure i think the, the the floor is if he's out there the floor is high and the ceiling is astronomical in my yeah. opinion oh man yeah it'll be really so that's one i'm gonna have to gnaw on a little bit which is always fun to do the instant reactions because i'm like yeah i think he plays five games and you're like i think he plays 500 yeah games. i know i love that <laughs> That's funny. All right. Uh, well, okay. Without further ado, um, oh yes. wait, I have to make sure. I have to make sure I'm going in order. Um, <laughs> yeah. So the next guy up is Bijan Robinson. Bijan Robinson 
goes and where and what pick range what pick range did he go in you know he just made it into the top 10 he went eighth overall into the top 10 uh so to peel back the curtain a little bit me and anthony have had a i don't know what this month month and a half now yeah i think so about probably yeah four to six weeks something like that yeah so for the past four to six weeks we've both had individual but matching ongoing bets with eric (laughs) <laughs> um and eric was convinced Bijan wasn't going top 10 me and aunt were me and aunt made a few bucks here tonight um so we appreciate you um eric for contributing um and you know Bijan robinson um was a high-end franchise cornerstone which is my second highest tier you know on the rookie big board after i plugged him into the atlanta projection he he became only the second player ever to be in the generational category which is my highest one only Trevor Lawrence now is a higher prospect. And this is a super flex rating system. So Bijan Robinson comes in. And when I plugged him into the Atlanta offense, I plugged him in for over 300 touches, um, including 260 rushing, 70 targets, um, you know, 10 combined touchdowns, which isn't crazy. Um, and that's that's going to churn him out as running back two in seasonal in my projections, which means he's going to be running back one in dynasty. So I'm all in. I I don't like. Am I too far in on this? There's nowhere else to go with it. It's the it's the only move. Like we all loved him before. I I don't know how you could look at Atlanta and be like think it's not in some way like a terrific spot. They're going to absolutely use him as much as they can. Arthur Smith is going to run this guy nonstop, and when he's not running him, he's going to be out there running rounds. Like I. Bijan's going to get all the work he can handle. It's yeah, it's going to be fun. Good player. Still good. Great landing spot. Love to see it. And Algier's just dust, right? He, like we, Thanos snapped right back to dust. He's it's gone. Over. Done. He's gone. You hate to see think, it, but sorry, Tyler Algier. You know, an interesting point that came up in the patron, uh, the patron uh, discord uh, tonight when we were doing a live chat through the draft was, you know, the impact this has on Desmond Ritter. All Desmond Ritter has to do is toss the ball to the flat and he could get 20 yards and a touchdown from Bijan Robinson. Like it's, and I'm not the guy, like I didn't think that I would ever get to this place where <laughs> I, I was talking into a microphone and saying, maybe you should go and acquire Desmond Ritter, but I, for the right price in, you know, Atlanta cleared the quarterback, they cleared Lamar Jackson, they cleared, you know, drafting a quarterback. So they clearly want to give Ritter a shot this year to, to earn the job. Yeah, like it, I agree. I've never been a huge Ritter guy, but he's a probably a, a buy or at least worth trying to buy for the right price. Yeah, which I mean, a, you wouldn't pay a first. Nah, I'd still be trying to buy him cheap because I think there's probably other people that have him that aren't like real believers in him that would sell him cheaper than like the truthers. You know what I mean? Like a two hundred four. Yeah, I'd probably start lower, but I'd go to that if I had to. <laughs> Fourth round pick. Yeah, I mean, I, I try and sell them on why I still think Desmond Ritter's gross, even though I don't really. <laughs> I'm going to do that just to troll. I'm going to, in the in the rookie big board, uh, Devi League, because we just got a trade done in that. I'm going to see who has Desmond Ritter, and I'm just going to offer him a fourth-round pick just to troll him. Yeah, see what happens. And then when they listen back to the episode, they'll be like, oh, he's not just a piece of crap. This was Anthony's they'll, fault. Yeah, they'll know it was a bit. <laughs> oh, okay. I need to take a little bit of a pause here because this is when things <laughs> went off the rails. Yep. Yep, things and, if I'm crazy. Being, 
if I'm being completely honest with you, I still have not fully processed that this this happened. But not only did Jameer Gibbs go uh, in the top 15 picks, he went 12th overall to the Detroit Lions, which it just... And this is a Detroit Lions team, and, and and I don't know that we've even mentioned this part yet. They traded down from six to twelve, so they could have just sat got Bijan Robinson if they really wanted a running back. <laughs> That's so true, right? And so they were like, as long as we trade down to twelve, we then we're can good. Draft this 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 luxury of a pick, and you know. I just, you start, you start. I don't. It's hard because like, we obviously both really like Gibbs. He's a very good player. He single-handedly ruined DeAndre Swift's remaining career hopes in Detroit today. And it really is just kind of weird for the Lions. Like you said, like we love Gibbs. We love Bijan way more. Our trading back's cool. But like, if you really wanted to do it, you could have done it to the full degree. (laughs) Um. But I don't know. It's it's the worst for Swift. Like I think Gibbs will be fine. Montgomery will be David Montgomery. You know, it's nothing's gonna change. But hopefully they move Swift and uh, Gibbs and Swift both get that post post eventual trade bump. Yeah, you know, for me, like when I plugged Gibbs into the projections, like you said, he did just fine. Um, so you know, even if you only give Jameer Gibbs thirty five percent of the Detroit market share on the ground. 168 attempts uh in gibbs i think what's going to work out in his favor is he'll be hyper efficient with only 168 attempts so i'm at five yards per rush uh but then the you know the kicker here with jameer gibbs is i have him at 10 percent of the receiving share which actually feels kind of conservative because i did leave seven yeah. percent there for swift so um that's that's a 44 receptions um that's f- and i have five touchdowns which might be a little bullish but i i think that's where they'll lean into him um so, you know, what, I, what I've noticed a lot of the initial reaction and assumption is, is that uh, Jameer Gibbs, or I'm sorry, DeAndre Swift will get traded, which we can talk through that possibility and what the return would be. But even if uh, DeAndre Swift is on the team, uh, Jameer Gibbs does come in at running back 20 for me. Um, now, granted, running back 20 isn't the, the flashiest range. Like we're talking Cam Makers, Miles Sanders, Rashad White, J.K. Dobbins, right? and a probably suspended Alvin Kamara. Like that's the range he's in, mm-hmm. but I, it also speaks to the running back landscape right now. Yeah, absolutely. And I don't know, like, so that's him with R at RB 20 with Swift getting still how much work in your projections. Um, so that's Swift getting um, 35% on the ground and then down to like seven through the air and Swift okay. before that was at like 50% on the ground. Yeah, you know, when I when I think about it that way, I don't know how much it really changes for me with, with Gibbs. Like, it, it might ding him a little bit, but I don't know. They probably move on from Swift. And if they do, then he's kind of the player I thought he was. Or not but the here, player I thought he was, but the gets the workload I wanted him to. But here's the thing, and, and here's where I'm at. They, they trade DeAndre Swift, right? Let's just say he's off the team. Mm-hmm. I don't know how much more Gibbs gets. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, that's probably also true. Because that's uh, 44. That's you know 210 touches, and I think even in in a in the best situation, I probably wouldn't have 
uh, projected more than 230 touches for Jameer Gibbs. That's just not the player we expected him to be. So yeah. I think DeAndre Swift, you know, moving out of Detroit probably helps David Montgomery the most. Yeah, that's fair too. Because how many carries is it that you have Gibbs getting? 168. Okay, yeah. Yeah. Which, like, I don't know. That's, I don't feel that's super That's right. I don't think you it. can – I don't know how far you could really push it past, like, 180, even if Swift's right. not there. Right. Yeah. It's interesting. So, <laughs> interesting is the best way to describe it. So, I think for me, you know, we'll talk about the wide receivers here, but as of this moment that we're recording at 1230 in the morning on, on Friday, um, Jameer Gibbs is behind – uh, two wide receivers that, that we will circle back to. And that's not where I expected to be like Gibbs right now is one Oh seven on the rookie big board. And that is just not where I expected to be. No, me, me neither. Yeah. He's taking a little bit of a bump. So ben, some wide, yeah, wide receivers benefited a little bit more. Uh, yeah. That's, I don't know. I feels, it feels bad. I wish he got someplace where you could, Wish he got Los Angeles, so we could have done the Eckler thing, right? <laughs> uh, yeah, we could, we would have had a whole bit on that. It would have been the whole damn episode. All right, um, we had a little bit of a pause from fantasy relevance. Um, in the meantime, the Steelers jumped Anthony's Jets to get an offensive tackle uh, via the New England Patriots, which is hilarious. And then the Patriots just sit there at seventeen and get Christian Gonzalez, which is just yeah. also hilarious. Shout out but- Bills, undying hatred for the New York Jets. I mean, a my tradition man knows like any other. Yep. <laughs> he, he knows what he wants and he did it. Uh, yeah, shout out to Nike for making a good pick this year. Uh, Bill's dog, for those who don't remember that, that saga of, of a draft COVID. Um, so at 20, we, we got a wide receiver off the board and it started a, a four player wide receiver run. And it was the, the Seahawks taking Jackson Smith and Jigba. And this, this one was, was very conflicting for me. I felt like I got to the point where I was comfortable with it and understood it. Um, but off the bat, like it, it didn't, it, it didn't have the, the good vibes as the kids would say. Yeah. Because it feels like you hope for someplace. I still think he'll get a decent amount of work there this year, but it'll feel better when Tyler Lockett's not there and involved as heavily as he probably still will be this year. Yeah. Um, so it would have been cool someplace where the path to, you know, Early playing time was a little more prominent, but he'll still get involved this year. Where'd you yeah. say you had him? Like in projections, like wide receiver three territory? Like, yeah, top he's 36? coming in like he's coming in wide receiver, uh, flipping over on my tab. So while I'm flipping over on my tab, I will remind folks that these projections are available to all patrons, patreon.com slash rookie big board. He's coming in right now at 39, okay. um, wide receiver 39. And, you know, things are fluid. These aren't, these aren't set in stone projections. They'll change plenty over the summer. Um, so the, the key for me is what's the, how much is he going to pull from Tyler Lockett year one? Mm-hmm. And what are the touchdowns realistically look like? Because the challenge here is that even if JSN comes in and gets 18% of the Seattle market share, which feels pretty aggressive, that's 99 targets, which is fine but it's not going to be at the level of wide receiver production that, you know, we saw last year when Garrett Wilson got 147 targets or Chris Olave got 140 or Drake London got 130. Right. So you kind of have to just readjust your expectations a little bit. 
um, in that, and that's even if JSN gets six touchdowns. So this, this projection is also really pulling away from Tyler Lockett. Um, where I've gotten to though, is this idea that we'll, we'll love this landing spot more year two, and we'll probably really love it year three, especially if, you know, Seattle does evolve at the quarterback position, um, to somebody who has a little bit more juice than Geno Smith. No, you know, not trying to throw strays at Geno Smith here, but it's not the best for your wide receiver. So that's kind of where I'm at with it now. It just feels like the upside is capped in a way that I just was not expecting for JSN. Yeah. And the Tyler Lockett thing, like he'll be 31 this year. And this offseason is really the first time they can kind of get out of that deal. Like as he goes into age 32 season, it's, he'd still be $14 million dead cap, but they could move on if they needed to. So, right. yeah, next year is probably the year it really hits, but uh, still love it long term. And, you know, as we're thinking through this, right, like the initial reactions that JSN goes into the slot, but why not bump Lockett into the slot and yeah. let JSN play on the outside, right? It, it could kind of help prolong that, uh, or I should say maybe slow, de-long, slow down the aging aging period there on Lockett. Yeah, for sure. Totally agree. All right. Uh, next pick up was Quinton Johnston going to the Chargers, which just pissed me off. Because <laughs> <laughs> I wanted that volume for JSN or, you know, the next guy that gets drafted. But, you know, we, we play the cards were dealt here. So initial reaction to uh, Quinton Johnston being the guy, you know, we wait how long for the Chargers to take a wide receiver. Um, and then they take a guy that doesn't really fit. Like, so I'll, I'll let you react first. Yeah. It's, there's nothing really like complimentary about it. Like he feels like he's not Mike Williams, right? Like he's not that play. Like he should be that player, but he's not always that player. So it's like, you want him and Mike Williams to be like the Spider-Man meme, right? Like pointing <laughs> at each other. Right. And it felt like if they had somebody like, you know, a couple of the guys that went right after him pretty complimentary. Like you could have a big guy on the outside that was a jump ball type and Keenan Allen do his thing in the intermediate game. And you could get another guy involved in a variety of ways, but I don't know. Quentin Johnson feels like too redundant in some ways. And it's just not what I hoped for. Right. I think, you know, maybe part of this is just like, we had a picture of yeah. a Chargers wide receiver in our head and it was Zay flowers or it was Jalen Hyatt you know, uh, it, it was this this real take the top off the defense speed. And, and that's sure. what we had talked about all the time is we were hoping that this would open up the offense, right? Kind of help them push downfield. And, you know, I know Quentin Johnson kind of has a reputation for being fast, but I think we saw, you know, based on the combine that he's not fast, fast, right? Like he's yeah. not take the top off the defense fast. And so for me, it almost felt like the Chargers were like, let's draft Quentin Johnston. Let's figure out where to put him. And then when one of our guys gets hurt, which feels inevitable, then we'll just have somebody who can do the same thing that they already do, um, which, you know, might be kind of negative outlook here. But, you know, regardless, here, here's the bottom line. And if you're if you came in and, and loved Quentin Johnston, you should be through the roof. Right. If you are a Quentin Johnston believer, because even if you only give him 60 percent of the Chargers market share, that's 96 targets. Like the Chargers threw the ball 
711 <laughs> times last year, right? And so Quinton Johnson's going to have a pretty good evaluation if you're willing to lean into the idea of touchdowns and if you're willing to give him more than um, more than 14% of the market share, which is what I gave him, uh, which is still below Keenan Allen and Mike Williams because I think they're really going to have to figure out, you know, where to use Johnson. Are they going to leave him in the slot? Are they not really going to, you know, use the slot in that sense? So um, I think the key here, is, is, you know, is that if you like Johnson, you should be happy. Um, if you didn't like Johnson, you're probably in our situation where you're a little bit confused from this. Yeah, I think that's a fair assessment. Also, Josh Palmer, we, we barely knew ye. Yeah, um, it was a fun ride. Uh, speaking of a fun ride, Zay Flowers, um, you know, from a, as, as a Baltimore Ravens enthusiast, I love it. I think it's super fun. I think it helps Lamar. I think it helps the offense. I don't think it's great for Zay. It's not good for Rashad Bateman. Um, it's really not good for anybody from a fantasy perspective, which is just <laughs> kind of par for the course with this offense, right? <laughs> yeah, totally in line with what you'd expect. Great day to be Lamar Jackson, though. Just a yeah, just a terrific day to be Lamar Jackson. You get You're the new a good deal. Day. You get the new weapon. It's a good time to be Lamar Jackson right now. I think it's like, yeah, it's fun for them. It's fun for Lamar. It's nothing. It's unfortunate a little bit for fantasy. And yes, Rashad Bateman, get on the bus with Josh Palmer. <laughs> You're out of here. <laughs> you are out of here. Um, you know, I do still have Bateman leading the way in targets with 94. Um, and I have Zay Flowers at 73. Uh, 73 is 14% of the market share. Um, I also have flowers running the ball with 3% of the market share uh, and a touchdown. I tried to boost his numbers a little bit, <laughs> uh, which, you know, could be conservative. He could actually run the ball more than that. So maybe I'll just finesse that a little bit to make myself feel better. But, you know, we're talking about wide receiver four territory, uh, you know, in terms of like meaning wide receiver 36 to 48 overall in projections. And that's yeah. just, uh, that, I, you know, that's where we probably thought Zay flowers would end up a year from now with day day two draft capital but here he is you know with day one draft capital and we're just kind of in a tough spot for him so yeah um yeah this might be one where i go back and give him a little bit of a boost later on in the weekend but the initial reaction is awesome for nfl not awesome for fantasy yeah i think that uh that's about right next but, one though yeah but- <laughs> This one is it. Like this is this is the pick that we wanted. Like this is yeah. a juicy spot, and it's Jordan Addison going to Minnesota here. So, I, I'll, I'll let you. I'll let you uh, celebrate first here. That's like best case scenario for Jordan Addison. I feel like he goes yeah. to a spot where it gets to enjoy life across from Justin Jefferson. Like the things, the world opens up for him a little bit there. There's an established quarterback there in the short term. There's a bunch of work left behind from Adam Thielen. Uh, I think he can come in and be the number two there right away. Like there's, we don't have any questions on if Jordan Addison's ready to play wide receiver. He's ready yeah. to come in and play wide receiver for the Vikings and be wide receiver two right away. And that's fun. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's the bottom line here. You have a pro ready player who's coming in and gets to play opposite of Justin Jefferson. So he's going to have, he's he's never going to have the, the, the top coverage, right? Um, never. He's got Kirk Cousins, who is, who is a, I think, stylistically a great fit for him. You mm-hmm. know, we're going to have to figure out after this year, but I think a really nice match. 
you know, and you can plug them in for 20% of the market share and there'd still be 6% left over um, that is still free for me to allocate to other players. And that, that would get them 134 targets, which is going to put them right on that Chris Alave kind of uh, volume level. I think he's going to catch a higher percentage of balls because he's going to have a much more accurate quarterback. So I have him over 1,100 yards. I have six touchdowns, which feels fair, uh, you know, not too aggressive. Um, and that's easily going to make him, in terms of a seasonal value, the, the top wide receiver from this class. It puts him at wide receiver 15 for me, which is sandwiched right between Debo Samuel and T. Higgins, which is always a great place to be. Yeah. And I, and, and I just did not think I was going to be here. But on the rookie big board, as, as of this moment, Again, at 1230 in the morning on Friday morning, uh, Jordan Addison is the wide receiver one on the rookie big board, slightly above Jackson Smith and Jigba. And I think if I had to make that draft pick right now in this moment, I'm picking Jordan Addison. Yeah, it's certainly the closest it's ever been for me. Like it's no, it's not the slam dunk once now that we know the landing spots to take JSN ahead of Jordan Addison. He's going to be good right away. And that's exciting. Um, yeah, and there's no there's no real argument against them getting the volume. That's the biggest thing. Just one more fantasy pick, uh, fantasy relevant draft pick this uh, on on day one, and that was Dalton Kincaid going to the Buffalo Bills, um, which is just not you know I, I I'm very surprised that we only had one tight end go off the board, and I am even more surprised that the one tight end off the board went to the Buffalo Bills. <laughs> yeah, they knew they knew Dallas wanted him, right? Or they thought Dallas wanted him, so they trade up ahead of him. Um, I kind of like I mean, I do like it for Kincaid. It's nice for Josh Allen to have, you know, another weapon there. Um, yeah, I think we just said, what, yesterday that we thought three tight ends would go around one, and now yeah. we head into day two with Mayer and Darnell Washington both still on the board. Plus the other guys we already thought would go on day two, <laughs> like right. Plus Crave and Tucker Craft and Laporta and all those guys. So yeah, very shocked by this one. You know, it's so funny. I put in the the Kincaid projection, and, and I was actually talking through these on the Discord tonight. Like as I was plugging them in, um, you know, I put in Kincaid. I put him in above Dawson Knox, so I put him in at fourteen percent of the market share with Dawson Knox. I bumped him down to eight. I put him in for four touchdowns. That felt you know realistic if. You go back and if you listen to the 100 things episode earlier in the week, you'd know that, you know, projecting a lot of uh, touchdowns for a rookie tight end is not a, a safe bet to make. So four felt like, a, you know, an appropriate place to be. But I plug him in and I was like, oh, man, I don't love that projection. And then I clicked over to the tight end tab and I said, oh, tight end 15, <laughs> you know, you don't <laughs> like and he's and he's like one touchdown in, in two receptions away from being tight end 10, you know? So yeah. it's like, it's just, it's the landscape we're in where, you know, it's okay, whatever draft them because tight end 15 can be tight end five it, with a matter of three touchdowns. So yeah, the margin uh, is so somebody, small. Yeah, exactly. The margin is, is so small. I do think Josh Allen's going to like him. I think it's going to be a, you know, it's going to lift all tides there for Buffalo. So those are the 10 guys that, that were uh, drafted and were fantasy relevant here. You know, Ant, we're kind of up against it, but, you know, maybe just kind of uh, rapid fire, you know, let's go three guys each that we're, we're just the, looking forward to the most coming off the board uh, in the, the day two. Well, I'm excited to see 
where my where like where the remaining tight end run starts. So I'm excited to see how far Michael Mayer makes it into day two. Uh, but also I'm excited to see when like the next the next bunch of running backs start, right? Yeah. Like when Charbonnet comes off the board, and when you know Will Levis comes off the board. Will Levis makes it all the way through round one. It's it'll be yeah. interesting if he makes it past you know like teams like Seattle a third time, uh, uh, Detroit a third time, like guys that kind of made sense because they had two first round picks like do they pass on him at the top of the second round yeah we didn't even touch on the fact that will levis leaves day one not getting drafted hendon hooker did not get drafted that one i expected them both to go in the first round obviously will levis is the bigger surprise um will levis is just free falling on the rookie big board he's he's down in, in the third round uh range even in the super flex league so we'll see if that bounces back at all um but he's always been a late second pick on the big board anyway. So it wasn't too much, but um, that'll be really interesting to see, you know, for me, you know, if Seattle and Detroit didn't take them twice already, they're probably not going to take them the third time. So is it right. the Rams? Um, you know, is it somebody else? So that'll be, that'll be really interesting to track. Um, Zach Charbonnet for me is, is going to be the interesting one. Him and Devin Achain, I think will be the next two running backs off the board. You know, when Gibbs went so early, um, cause we had, you know, two running backs go eight to 12. I, you know, I had this thought that, that Charbonnet might end up squeezing into the, the first round just because I think the run went a lot earlier than folks thought. So I wouldn't be shocked, you know, if Charbonnet finds himself off the board in the first five picks of day two, and then Achain's not far behind. So, um, that would be really interesting. And could that push, you know, more, you know, chain reaction. Could that push some guys we think are going day three into the back end of day two mm -hmm. and just kind of really kind of load up that draft capital and help build out value in the middle of the second round of our draft. So that'll be, you know, that'll be really interesting. Uh, you mentioned the tight ends. Of course, I want to see where Marvin Mims goes uh, and Cedric Tillman as well. Those are the two wide receivers I'm excited to see. Uh, you know, we haven't talked about Josh Downs at all. Uh, Josh Downs, you know, I thought would be more in the pick 50 range, but there's probably some folks who were surprised he didn't go off the board tonight. So a, a lot of guys to still talk about and a lot of action to still come on day two of the draft. Yeah, day two is going to be crazy. It'll be the the fantasy relevant day, you know, where we get a lot of these guys we've been talking about for weeks and months and they'll start to come off the board, I think, pretty fast uh, in round two. And then. When that first, when Charbonnet kind of kicks off the next wave at running back, and if that chain's right behind him, and then, like you said, if other guys start to get pushed up, like we're going to get a handful of running backs, I think, in round two, not even just day two. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if Tajay Spears or somebody creeps into the back end of round two. And then, yeah, we're, we're talking about the same guys we've been talking about through round one and round two of rookie drafts, just kind of shuffling the deck. Yeah. And, you know, I think, too, the other thing factoring into that is we, we've depleted offensive line a little bit we've depleted mm -hmm. edge there's going to be a drop off in corner so some of these other positions that generally get prioritized you know i i think they were prioritized and in the first round and they don't have as much depth where you know the, the running backs and wide receivers and tight ends do have that depth and so it, it, it's going to be a really exciting day you know if you're listening to this episode you are all in and we appreciate you um make sure to if you are not already Head on over to patreon.com slash rookie big board. Get in on the action for just $3 a month. Uh, you can get the rookie guide, which will be updated with all these landing spots. You can get access to my projection sheet that I'm reading off of here. Um, uh, and, and the Dynasty crew are going to have their updated rookie and consensus rankings. 
lots of articles I'm sure we're going to be dropping over the next couple of weeks for our patrons. So, so much good content. So, uh, such a good value there. Uh, and I mean, Ant, what, what good value here for an episode recorded at, at 1240 in the morning? You know, we really delivered. It's, it's late. We've all, we're, we're family men. We got kids, we got families, right? This is, it's, it's a labor of love. It is a, it is a labor of love. Give us $3. <laughs> that, that's what we're getting. That's what it's worth. Okay. That's <laughs> That's what 1230 in the morning is worth for me. You're $3. So buckle up. All right. All right. But as always, oh, and by the way, you know, day two, day three reactions, we'll have a post mock draft. You're going to get, you're literally going to get an episode in your rookie big board feed every day for the next week, uh, because I will do in-depth projection reviews for all these positions too, heading into next week when we know everybody. So, you know, it, hang on. We're, we have just begun this NFL draft ride, but we appreciate you being on the ride. And as always, we appreciate you checking out this episode of the rookie big board. <laughs>